Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Campus Rush Podcast. We know that this episode today is going to bless your life and take your vision to the next level. We hope that you can share it, subscribe, and be a part of what God is doing right here at Carleton University, around the world, at Campus Rush. So we thank God for all that he's doing in this house. Hey, let me just minister for a few minutes tonight on the topic I entitled The Squeeze, The Squeeze, The Squeeze. That's what I want to talk about tonight, The Squeeze, The Squeeze, The Squeeze. Squeeze. I've come to understand, saints, that um, one of the most trying places to be um, is in a place of waiting. One of the most trying places to be uh, is in the place uh, that we call the shelf. Um, another aspect of waiting um, that also is difficult is when you're waiting, yet you know the solution to move forward. Um, I think that, to me personally, Pastor David, that is uh, one of the most difficult places to be, is in the, the pressured point of knowing the keys to your next, but being stuck in the place of now. Almost like David, um, being anointed by Prophet Samuel, and then being sent back to the fields. And many of you would just say, okay, well, you know, it was just a timing thing. But I don't think anybody actually takes in or understands or has taken the time to really understand the confusion that must lie on the life of David. Knowing that he has the anointing for kingship, but he has the position of a peasant and a shepherd. The oxymoron is so clear being anointed for more than where you are. Now, I don't know where you are in life, but for many of us, we may be in a confusing place in our lives right now, and it's the position of being called, but being in waiting. It's the position of knowing the answers for your next, but being in a place of now. And all throughout scripture, we understand this very clearly, that God always anoints people for specific tasks and purposes. And the purposes of people's calling is for the deliverance of those around that individual, lest alone themselves. What do you mean by that, Pastor Kofi? What do I mean? I mean that the anointing on your life is not actually for you. In fact, your own anointing can't work for you. The anointing on your life is for somebody else. Touch somebody, say it's for you. No, touch the person. You didn't like that one. Touch the other person, say it's for you. Oh, I don't hear y'all. Come on. I just traveled. You, you, let, tell somebody, it's for you. They're shy. I don't want to tell you that the anointing is for you. The anointing on my life is for you. As much as God has graced me by his mercies, my anointing can't work for me. I have to go somewhere else. I have to go to my spiritual covering. to say, can you pray for me and release me to my new level? Can you pray for me and help me in this situation? Inasmuch as God may endow an individual with a specific level of anointing, that anointing does not work for that individual. The anointing is for other people. Now, when you understand that everything that God does is to prepare you and to beautify your anointing, then you'll be content with where he's placed you now. Everything. 
everything that you are going through is to prepare you and to make sure that the anointing is just right. It has the right amount of cinnamon and the right amount of spices and the right amount of myrrh and the right, it has to have the right amount so that you can be useful in the kingdom of God. So as God is preparing this anointing, know that on your life, know that there's going to be moments of ups and moments of downs. Now, for many students in this point in their life, it's like this is a, a season of down. How many students do I have? Just let me, so I know. How many students? A lot of people in this place. Great. There's a lot of people that are going through things. How many people are just, you know, you're just going through something. You're like, I feel like I'm going through a test right now, a season. I don't understand. Okay. So that basically covers everybody. So we can basically say that everybody is going through some level of testing. It, when it comes to your anointing and the building and, and what makes your anointing, understand there will be moments of highs and moments of lows. There will be moments that you understand everything and there will be moments that you don't understand everything. Now, can I just admonish you in this moment that there are some things you will never understand and you have to be fine with it. But there are seasons that God brings you through, seasons of great drought, seasons where you don't understand, seasons where you are literally being squeezed and pressed and crushed and pressured and you don't understand why the weight of the world is on your shoulders. But it's those seasons that God needs you to get through because it's in the development and it's for your benefit because it's in the fabric and the makeup of your anointing. Am I ministering to somebody? Are you sure? Nobody likes preaching and talking about elements of being crushed or squeezed. And, and if you can follow up the way I've been preaching for the, little, the, the last little while, I've really been preaching on the theme of, being, of persevering through tough times. Because a lot of us don't make it. We like to believe that our faith brings us through tough times. But you have to get to the point where you're not just listening to faith, but you're putting faith to work practicing your faith your faith without works is dead so you can't just listen to the word we can't be listeners of the word we have to be doers of the word are you with me here are you sure you're with me we have to get to the point as believers through tough times we have a knowledge of the fact that we are in this situation and this season for the fabric the makeup and the composition of the anointing that is not for us it's for others when you look through the scripture you'll begin to see and, and I've really understood that really sometimes and many times God places us in pressing situations and moments of despair. And when you are in these moments of squeezing and pressure, those moments reveal two things. Okay, for taking notes. These moments, they reveal two things. Number one, moments where you're being pressured, moments where you're being crushed, moments where you're being squeezed and you're being brought under intense pressure. It reveals two things. Number one, it reveals your decisions. It reveals your decisions. Because whatever's in you will come out of you. If you want to know the content that is in tea, put tea in hot water. Some of you guys are in hot water right now. You're in hot water. So because you're in hot water, what God is really trying to do, he wants to let your contents in you now be revealed to people around you. Now, this will all make sense and all be good for you if what you've been doing and the decisions you've been making have been decisions that are praying you into the will of God. Because whether you like it or not, whenever the situation gets tough and, and, and the situation gets hot, it will reveal the decisions that you have made. 
It will reveal the decisions you've made. Number two, pressurized moments, moments of squeeze. They reveal your sacrifice. The sacrifices that you made. The things you did and the things you didn't do. The things you deprived yourself for so that you could be a better person for tomorrow. So that is what pressured moments do. They reveal, number one, what is it? Number one. And number two, let's do it one more time. Pressured moments, individual and times of pressing reveal two things. Number one is your, and number two is your, that's what they reveal. An individual who's done well on an exam is an individual who's able to make the right decisions and the right sacrifices. You do well on an exam, it's because you made the right sacrifices. I remember when I was an undergrad, and um, I had exams. You know, there's two types of students, right? There's many types of students, but I've come to identify two types of students. There's the student that, you know, after every week is studying towards the exam, because they know what's set before them. And then there's the other student that doesn't feel as though there, there is an exam. They feel as though they can live every day and just relax and hope that one day every concept comes together. You're not that student, no, you're the first one. You're the one that studies, right? All right, cool, amen, amen. All the students say amen. So I've come to understand that. <laughs> there are two types of students. But do you know that the first one that I mentioned, the one that is always constantly studying towards something, when they're placed in the pressured moment, when they're placed in the exam hall, what comes out of them is so beautiful because they're not cramming things. It's information that has been able to come into their system. So they're just letting you know what they already know. But when it comes to the latter student, the one that is living their life with the knowledge that there may or may not be an exam, hoping that the professor will cancel the exam, hoping that it will just be a take-home, an open book. <laughs> they, they go into the exam hall, and first thing is that you realize you, you know they're stressed. You can tell them from a mile away. The hair is not proper. <laughs> they forgot the socks to wear, so they're wearing two different pairs of socks, one of each. Thirdly, they're late to the exam because they were in the bathroom trying to cram as much as they can. Up all night, bags under their eyes, tired. They come into the exam hall, they're flustered. They don't know where they're supposed to sit. They're like, oh my gosh, which row is this? They go, they're hitting over stuff because they're tired, they're hallucinating. They're seeing three of things. They enter to the exam hall, the first thing they take their pencil and they write everything they know. <laughs> Even if it has nothing to do with the question. Just so that they don't forget, oh, it's not you, it's not you. So they just write everything down. They put it all on a piece of paper so they don't forget. And then they begin to look at the exam. And halfway through the exam, they realize one thing. Dang, I'm tired. And they, they look at the exam and they're like, is this thing ever going to end? Some of us, who was in the social sciences? Anybody studying social sciences? Okay, I'll have a lot of couple writers, the law students and economics. You know, you know those type of exams. They can, you know, at Carleton, where I went to school, they can give you an exam and they can give you like two or three essays in an exam, right? So they'll give you, like, they still do that. Yeah? So they can give you an exam and say, okay, this is the exam question, this is the prompt. You have to pick one or two out of four prompts or something. So you pick the one that you know the most, right? And then you start from your strength. So the more the exam goes towards the end, the gas is running out. Like, A, you realize you're tired. B, you realize, I don't actually know this. So you know what you start doing? Go back to the first page of the exam. Oh... You go back to the front, and all the stuff you wrote down, you just start picking from the things you wrote. You throw it in. It has nothing to do. This exam is, is, is on something in social sciences. You're picking something from Karl Marx. It has nothing to do with, and you're just putting it in 
gonna do Max Weber. You don't have nothing to do with Max Weber. Just putting in all the concepts because, listen, you want to make sure that you can succeed. But I've come to understand that in pressured moments, it's the students who have studied and prepared for those moments that do better in those moments. When you're put in hot water, your contents will show. The latter student didn't make good decisions during the semester. The latter student didn't make the necessary sacrifices for them to succeed. The first student, because you know what happened was the first student who, who, who succeeded and who was, wasn't pressured. You know, there's some anomalies, though, I, I must say. There's some people who cannot study all semester. And they go to the exam hall, and they look like they've been studying every day. And they were with you at the party. They were with you last night. They were with you. They, they were with you. Listen, be careful of those people. They were with you the whole time. But yeah, you don't know what they do in the, in the night season. You could be chilling with them all day. And you come back from the party and you're tired and you're hungover. They're the ones up still studying because they understand, listen, my parents sent me here. I cannot fail my parents. Some of you guys don't understand. <laughs> There's some, you don't know anybody's situation. But for the most part, you'll understand that when it comes to success, specifically in moments of despair, in moments of, of, of toil, in moments of pressures, in moments of being squeezed. It's the ones who have put in the work who, when they are squeezed, will begin to reflect the goodness of what they've put. The concept still remains. As long as sea time and harvest time, cold and heat, you, you will always make sure that there will be time to sow and the time to reap. The concept remains the same. It's in this. So my admonishment to you is to understand within this season that you are in, that the seed that you've made and planted in old seasons and in the earlier part of the semester is exactly what's going to show right now in the latter part of the semester. So if you still have exams, this is my admonishment to you. As Paul admonished the church, this is my admonishment to you. Begin to sow those seeds. Let's pray for a quick turnaround in Jesus' name. <laughs> Let's look at Apostle Paul in the Bible. Let me just read this and then we'll talk about a few things. Um, I've come to understand this. When we're talking about Apostle Paul in the Bible, um, the reason why I chose Apostle Paul is this, is because a lot of the concepts that we pick naturally first started off spiritually. Yes or no? Yes or no? Did they? Okay, cool. So many things that happened in the Bible, we are now learning from concepts. You go to business school, half the things you learn in business school are concepts from the word of God. You, 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 you study things in the nature of the world that we live in. It all is taken from the spiritual world. And so we're going to look at the life of Apostle Paul. I'm just going to read a few verses from Corinthians. And we're going to pick, and I'm going to give you probably like three things that you can take with you in this season of squeezing and the season of being pressured. And um, we're going to take it from there. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 is where I'm going to be at in the scripture. 2 Corinthians 4.8. I like this, this verse. It says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Restruct down, but not destroyed. Verse 10. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Wow. Verse 11. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake 
so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. That is so powerful. One more time, just reading the last part of this. It says, so death is at work in us, but life in you. What I want to take from the scripture is just one point. And you can write it down. I'm just going to give you some, some, some teaching things, some nuggets you can take with you. I love the fact that Apostle Paul has been through so much. We know his story. I'm not going to get into it. He's been through so much. So he understands what it means to be perplexed. He understands what it means to be crushed. He understands what it means to be cast down. He, he literally is writing this from a jail cell. So he understands what it means to be a prisoner for Christ. He understands what it means to love Jesus. He understands what it means to go through the valley of the shadow. He understands what it means to be crushed. He understands what it means to be pressed. He gets it. He's in that type of situation. In that moment, he begins to write this letter to the church in Corinth. And as he's writing this letter, he's admonishing them. And he's saying that, yes, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forgotten, struck down or forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And I, I really come to understand one thing about Apostle Paul, and I want you to take this with you, just one thing. I've come to understand from Apostle Paul that he's always looking at the bigger picture. Always. Always. He's always looking at the bigger picture. It doesn't matter what he's going through. It's like you, somebody literally can be punching him in his face. And he's just like, it's for the glory of God. Like, how do you see the good in every situation? He had this, this holy optimism that he could see the good parts in everything. And so God told me to tell you, he said, tell my people tonight that as they're going through crushed moments, as they're going through moments of despair, as they're going through exams, because you know there's exams in the natural and exams in the spiritual. Some of you guys are facing exams spiritually you have no idea about. You're in a test. You're like, no, this message is not for me. It's for the students. Do you know that you are in a test? Every day we wake up, you are battling between your spirit and your flesh. It's a fight. Every day you have an exam to pass. You have an exam to pass even tomorrow. Yeah. Who will you give in to? Will you pick up that phone call or not pick up that phone call? Will you go to that party or not go to the party? Will you go to LCBO or not go to LCBO? You have a fight every day. It's Friday. Okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to uh, go back home and forget about all that I learned all semester at Campus Rush and just go wild out and come back in January and hope that God will forgive me? I have a couple days until the year is done. Should I just go party it out and on 31st ask God for forgiveness? What should I do? You have a test to pass. Everybody has a test. Don't look at me with that Canadian eyes. Everybody has a test. What happened? My pastor is preaching way too much Bible. Are you kidding me? You have a test to pass every day. Our problem is not that we can't consume the word of God. Our problem is that we don't like to take words that are going to change how we live. You have an exam to pass. I have one. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, brother. God bless you. You have an exam to pass. You think this is a joke? You have an exam to pass. That's why you're being squeezed. So every day when we come to this type of meeting, you know what this, this meeting is like the prep meeting before the exam. It's like the tutorial before the exam. So you're being taught what's going to be on the exam before the exam happens. Yeah. So tomorrow when you wake up in the morning, we, whether you have an actual exam or a life exam, you at least know how to go through the examination. And I'm giving you one step, and the step is always to look at the bigger picture. Someone shout bigger picture. 
shout it again, say bigger picture. Always look at the bigger picture in life. Apostle Paul did it. He had the ability to be in a situation and say, but yet for the glory of God set before me. I'm in chains, but don't worry, it's for the glory of God. He says something I love so much. Uh, and he says it in 2 Corinthians 4.16. He says, it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. Verses 14, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also rise and raise us uh, with Jesus and present us to you, uh, present us with you to himself. Verse 15, all this is for your benefit so that the grace is reaching more and more people and may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I remember I told you at the beginning, the anointing is not for you, it's for somebody else. Verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. Someone shout, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Say it again, don't lose heart. That's the second thing I'm giving you. The first thing was not to uh, remember to look at the big picture. The second one is to not lose heart. Have faith. Don't lose heart. You're going through the situation. You're in the darkest season of your life. Don't lose heart. Don't take your heart off of God. Don't lose heart. It says it again. Let's go into the word. It says it again. It says, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The world thinks that you, by you coming to church, you're wasting away. The world and your friends think by you coming to church every single week, you're wasting away. But little do they know, in your spirit, you're being renewed day by day. Day by day, you're being renewed. Day by day. Day by day, you're being renewed. And we finish them off over here. As it says, for our light and momentary troubles, momentary troubles, are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. My gosh. Verse 18. I love this part. Can you read verse 18 with me? Can you, can you give it to me in the NKJV? Or is it? Okay, fine. Let's, yeah, let's read right here. One, two, three, and go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Jesus. Uh-huh. Jesus. Anybody love the word? Come on, this is a word-believing church. You love the word? Oh my God, Pastor Oba. Do you, I feel like, I didn't want to preach today. I feel like preaching right now. The word of God says, so we fix our eyes on what is not seen. Oh my gosh. Not on what is seen, but what is not seen. On the unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Oh my gosh. Woo! So when people begin to laugh at you, it's because their gaze is on the wrong thing. Come, come, excuse me. Come. Stand here, one stand here, one stand here. Y'all don't know. Come, come. Just, just face, just face me. They don't understand. Face, face this way, okay? I need one more person. Come, come, goodness. You look too comfortable. I don't want to disturb you. All right? Now, Christelle. I don't, I'll, be, I'll be the bad one, okay? So Christelle is looking on what is unseen, okay? In fact, you stand here, okay? Christelle is looking on what is unseen. I'm here. I'm looking at what is seen. So I'm looking at the exam, 
Christelle is looking at the career. Right? So I'm looking at the difficulty. Christelle is looking at the victory. Now understand this. We both can see the difficulty. We both can see the valley. We both can see the troubles. But one of us has some eyes. One of us has the eyes of the spirit that sees, that knows things. One of us, one of us has the eyes of faith and one of us doesn't. Christelle is seeing beyond. Her eyes are not fixed on what is seen or what is not seen. So that means that the situation is not a problem. Literally, it's transparent. Yes, you're there, but you're not there. Are you here right now? Your situation is here, but it's not here. Your difficulty is here, but it's not here. Because you see the, you see the victory. That's why Apostle Paul will be in jail saying, yes, you're, you're killing me on the outward. But you're strengthening my inner man. Oh my gosh. My chain, I'm chained to this wall. I'm dying. I'm in despair. We spoke about the valley of the shadow of death, didn't we, a couple weeks ago. So we spoke about the fact that the valley is, is, is what? Is a low point between, a low point between, so we understand. So why don't you come over here? Since this, is our, this has been our valley for this series, just move a little forward so that it's, you know, everybody can understand it when it comes to, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a visual person. So, okay. so now we're in the valley. Okay. So valley awesome so you're looking at what is not seen and you're putting your attention on what is not seen not what is is seen so what does that mean for you in this exam season what that means is you have to settle down and begin to actually put work to your faith I'm talking about both natural exam spiritual exam what I'm talking about is this because many of you this is the situation that is happening to to a lot of people here a lot of people here are going through different levels of exams. Some people are going through level one, level four, master's, PhD. Some people are going through, you know, flesh and spirit. Other people are going through, do I marry him? Do I not marry him? Do I marry her? Do I not marry her? And let me just open your eyes, okay? Many of you are there. Many of you will get there. Many of you have passed there. This is what happens a lot of times when it even comes to relationships. Is that when God brings a man and God brings a woman. Can I get into this? What happens is this, is God brings a man or a woman from the unseen into the seen. But yet still gives you the task to be able to see the unseen in the seen man. <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm back. So God will birth you from the unseen into the seen. But then when it comes from the unseen into the seen, I don't like him, Pastor. He doesn't look the way that he should look. He's not tall enough. He's not good enough. She's not pretty enough. She's not fair-skinned enough. She has one figure. I want eight figure. Huh. I'll tell you something, all right? I've been through some tests. I've been through some trying. God has literally seasoned me. God has put me on the pan of fire. And I've learned this lesson the hard way. So let me teach you. I had to learn this the hard way. That everything God brings, he first brings from the spirit. That's why I told you from the beginning that we learn everything from the spirit. And then we bring it into the natural. So God will bring your partner from the unseen into the seen. But will give you the task to discover 
That's why we have options. It's not that the man or woman is not of God, but it's that you have to open up the eyes and see beyond. You have to look and why God would send you somebody from the unseen. The first thing is to open up your eyes of faith. The, 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 another word for the unseen is the realm of faith or the spiritual realm. So we have to understand, God, why would you send me somebody? It's because he sees something you don't see. So why don't you trust God? <laughs> he sees something you don't see, so why won't you trust him? Trust him. So when it comes to exams, when it comes to buying a car, when it comes to finding a spouse, this concept works whenever, however. Your ability to look at something and see beyond what is in front of you. Somebody ask God right now and say, God, come on, shout it like a believer. Say, God, open up my eyes. You have to see things, man. Gone are the days that you make decisions because she's cute. I picked that job because the manager is sweet. You're going to make carnal decisions? You're looking at me, but it's true. We do that every day. You make decisions natural. I like this car because it will make me look this way. Okay, but is it God's car for you? No, like, it, it's, it's, it's a whole thing about setting your eyes on what's not seen. Why? Because it says what? The things which are not seen are eternal. What does that mean? Thank you, Jesus. That means that if you bring something from the unseen or the seen world into your life, it means it will be temporary. But when you decide to latch on to something that is in the unseen world, it's of eternal value. You know what that means? That means that even though you go through the valley of the shadow of death, the reason why you can't fear is because God has given it to you. It has eternal value. It cannot be broken. It cannot be crushed because it has eternal value. I've come to preach to somebody today and I've come to decree and declare to you that God is giving you something of eternal value. I wish you could receive it. Don't look at me like you don't know who I am. I said, I prophesy to you. They can do me when I travel, but they can't do me in my own I said, I prophesy to you. When I travel, they can look at me, this small boy. I'm here in my church. God is about to give you something of eternal value. Some of you guys have been praying, God, show me, show me. He's about to give it to you, eternal value. He got, you know what, I just heard God is about to give somebody property, 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 property. That is of eternal value, property, property, of eternal value. Eternal value, of eternal value. Somebody's about to receive a husband, a wife, of eternal value. Somebody, these people don't want to receive it. So let me talk to the online people. I prophesy, your husband is coming to you. Your wife is coming to, I prophesy to you. Zoom it, zoom it on me, zoom it on me. I prophesy to you. God is bringing you your Mr. Right and your Mrs. Right. I prophesy any demon, any family witch that has been able to cripple your relationship life. I decree and declare it is broken in the name of Jesus. The generational curse that says you will never marry. I prophesy that curse is broken. My church don't believe me. So let me prophesy to the global people. I prophesy you are entering into your best days. Your worst days are behind 
behind you. Your best days are ahead of you. You are walking into eternal value. God is bringing eternal value into your house. I rub my head and I prophesy. As you're watching online, may an angel begin to minister to you. The angel of help is ministering to you. Shout yes. You're my redeemer. Hallelujah. So, please be seated. I'm done. Ten minutes. So, eternal value. Don't ever forget this. So, now back to the students. Okay? Look at your test from the eyes of the unseen and not the eyes of the seen. What do I mean? Look at your test or your exam like it's one step closer to your destiny. Don't look at it like it's something set to crush you and kill you. No. That's on the external. But your inward man is being renewed every day. So in this moment, don't, don't feel despair. Don't feel crushed. No. Thank God that he's giving you an opportunity to get closer. So prepare yourself. I always say it every year. I say God will do his part. If you do yours. And that's with everything. God will do his part if you do your part. If you study and you pray, you'll do well. In fact, I put up a challenge to people. Pray as much as you study. Yeah, for students in this season. Pray as much as you study. If you study for five hours, pray for five hours. Yeah, why not? If you study for one hour, pray for one hour. Because if God will match what you put out, then petition heaven as much as you are actually petitioning your books. So there will actually be an equal balance. Because many times what we do is we study, 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 and pray like this. And we say, well, I prayed. No, well, why don't you increase the prayer as much as you increase your studying? And then a lot of us then do the opposite, where we pray, 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 and study this much. The Holy Spirit will show me. The Holy Spirit can only reveal what is inside of you. That's why it's called the squeeze can only reveal what's on the inside of you. So begin to work. All right? Thank you so much, y'all. Let me give you this last scripture. Let's be on our feet. Give you this last scripture, okay? I didn't really get to get into everything. If you're looking for a point for that demonstration, the point was to enter this season with faith. Enter this season with faith. Enter the season with faith, okay? And I love this scripture, Micah 7, 1 to 6. Actually, Micah 7, Micah 7, verses 1. Actually, Micah 7, verses 7. Let's take it from there. Scripture says, therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Verse 8. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. For when I fall, I shall rise. I pray that you are rising in the name of Jesus. It says, when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Let's read this together. One, two, three, and go. You know what that scripture is? That scripture is speaking from the realm of the unseen. It's speaking from the realm of faith. The realm of the unseen world. You can only make a statement like that when you know the outcome. 
And so that's why I was in Mombasa and I was, I was, you know, leading the church in a victory shout. And I told them one thing. I said, you know, a scream is, is from a place of fear. You scream because I'm afraid. I scream because someone scared me. But I said, but a shout is from a place of revelation. You know. You know already. I can shout because I know already. That's why the children of Israel were led in a shout. It didn't say scream in the scripture. Scream means I'm afraid of what I'm going to see. Shout means I know the outcome. I know it already. So I shout for joy because I can see what God is about. I can see it already. Matter of fact, can we just let the devil know that he's, let's just shout one time. Yes! Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I prophesy to you, you are rising in the name of Jesus. You are rising in the name of Jesus. You are rising in the name of Jesus. What are you? That mountain of Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Ah, ah, ah. I feel it. Hey, if you're writing an exam, I told the team, the media team, to tell people to bring the list of their exams if they're writing. Do you have them here? If it's on your phone, lift up your phone. If you're going through a trial, a situation, whatever it is, type it on your notepad and come to this altar. If you have the schedule of your exams, just bring it out. Bring it out and come and stand here. Just if it's on your phone, if you have a piece of paper, whatever it is, just go to your Carlton portal, whatever. Ottawa U, what do they have? What is it? you're going through a trial in life whatever it is come close there's gonna be a lot of people come to the front come as close as you can to this altar I wanted to do it later on but I just heard it right now that we should do it now yeah 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 you have a trial in life you're going through just write it down in a piece on your notepad or whatever come stand here if you have your exams just write the list of them psych 1001 whatever whatever you know whatever it is yeah 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 now you are going to begin to pray over these exams and what you're going to do is you're going to speak from the unseen realm and you're going to speak victory on these exams so you're not praying or whatever the situation the life exam you're not pre you're not praying God help me you're saying God I'm thanking you because I have victory over this exam God I'm thanking you because I have victory over psychology I have victory over business I have victory over computer science I have victory over my law exam I have victory over economics I have victory over social work exam I have victory over accounting exam I have victory over you just begin to God, I thank you because I have victory over. God, I thank you because I have victory over. God, I thank you. Come on, let's begin to pray right now. God, I thank you because I have victory over whatever it is. God, I thank you. I have victory over. Yeah. Oh, we need to be louder than that. Come on, church. Let's begin to pray. God, I thank you because I have victory over and list the exam that you have. List the life exam you have. God, I thank you that I have victory over.
Yeah, yeah. Come on, just one more minute. Just one more minute. Just one more minute. I thank you that I have victory over. I thank you I have victory over. I thank you I have victory over. Yeah. I thank you that I have victory over. I thank you that I have victory over every exam. I thank you I have victory over this. I thank you I have victory over that. You're professing your victory. You're speaking from a place of faith. You're speaking from the place of faith. Thank you that I have victory over. Thank you I have victory over. Thank you I have victory over. Thank you that I have victory over. Thank you that I have victory over. Yeah. 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 Thank you that I have victory over. Thank you that I have victory over. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 30 more seconds. Thank you that I have victory over. Thank you that I have victory over this. Thank you, I have victory over that. Thank you. Thank you, I have victory over sickness. Thank you, I have victory over sin. Thank you that I have victory over lack. Thank you that I have victory over depression. Thank you that I have victory over suicide. Thank you that I have, thank you that I have victory. Yeah. 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 Thank you that I have victory over. Thank you, I have victory over. Now, just whatever you have in your hand, put it up in the sky. Raise it towards the heavens. raise them let's raise them let's raise them let's raise them yeah yeah I'm gonna make some few declarations that I'm gonna pray and then we're going to shout over these things we're gonna shout over them something prophetically is going to take place and shift I'm making sure that you're ready for this battle this exam this is a tutorial so I'm making sure that through the squeeze that you'll be ready for your exam. Father, in the name of Jesus, as I stand upon this altar that is exalted, that is anointed, and that is built, I pray in the name of Jesus, and I thank you already for victory over academics. I thank you already for victory over life's challenges. I thank you, oh God, right now that you've already brought and commanded victory to the lives of every single person that is sitting and that is standing. I thank you, oh Jesus, that whole families are being, are being restored. I thank you that whole families are being, are being freed and set free from bondages and snares of Satan and his armies. I thank you, oh God, even right now that you've brought such a wind of revival to the lives of people. I thank you, God, right now for the victory in health, for the victory over people's health. I command that situations, family members, moms, dads, cousins, aunties, uncles, uh, people that are sick right now. We are praying and thanking you already in advance because their healing has already taken place. We're thanking you all right now, God, that salvations for family members have already taken place. We're thanking you from a place of victory, not praying to victory. We're thanking you from victory. Thank you, oh God, that you've caused us to raise our heads over our enemies. Thank you God that you're working harder than the devil thank you God right now that even though we fall our enemies should not rejoice for we shall rise we shall rise we shall rise now release that shout over your situation Uh -huh. 
Psalms 96 verse 1 says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Last one is, enter this season with a new song. Enter this season with a new song. I woke up this morning, my song. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our podcast. We hope that God blessed you through this word, and we hope that you can be a partner, subscribe, and share with your friends. We can't wait to see you next time. God bless you.